Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard.com Senior Editor, Katie Atkinson. Hello, Keith. Hello, Katie. How are you? Doing quite well. How about yourself? I am fabulous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I went real Midwest for a second there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're thinking of like the oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking yes. <laughs> I love that there's a very thin line between those two. There's a thin line between sort of like <laughs> drag queen, like drag queen in Minnesota. In Minnesota. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder what the drag queens from Minnesota are like. Hmm. hmm. Like, I bet our oh yeah I queen. Bet, I bet co-drag editor Joe Lynch could probably tell us. Yes, He's from Minnesota. <laughs> Joe, if you're listening, feel free to uh, send us a note. Um, well, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and sometimes drag on <laughs> Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we've got Chart Chat about Future's historic debut at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, and the Chainsmokers' big week on the Billboard Hot 100, where they are suddenly in the same company as the Beatles and the Bee Gees. It's good company. It's good company. It's good company to have. Um, In addition, we've got news on Ed Sheeran's brand new Divide album, the iHeartRadio Music Awards, and we remember... Uh, our friend and our former publisher, the late Tommy Page. Plus, we've got an interview with Noah Cyrus. The 17-year-old singer, the latest musician from the talented Cyrus family, stopped by recently to talk about her hit single, Make Me Cry, with Labyrinth, how her debut album, NC-17, is coming along, and how she literally listens to her dad, Billy Ray Cyrus, all the time. Aww. Aww. Cue the Oz. (laughs) Um, But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss a single episode. And while you're there, give us a rating. That's all we ask for. That's it. That's it. Just a couple stars. I mean, four (laughs) or five. I mean, not just (laughs) more than a couple. More than a couple. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And if you have any questions, you can always tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. Well, let's do the chart chat and let's run the numbers, shall we? Um, first up, on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Future makes history as he debuts at number one with Hendrix, replacing his own self-titled album, which debuted atop the chart just a week ago, which means he's the first act to ever notch back-to-back debuts at number one in successive weeks. Next, over on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, While Ed Sheeran's Shape of You holds at number one, the Chainsmokers claim a pretty big feat as their collaboration with Coldplay, something just like this, zooms from number 56 to number five. Um, And in doing so, the duo has three songs in the top 10 because something just like this joins Closer and Paris that are both in the top 10 as well. Thus, the Chainsmokers are now only the third duo or group to have three concurrent songs in the top 10 at the same time. That's what concurrent means. Uh, Following, wait for it, only the Bee Gees and the Beatles. And finally, uh, elsewhere on the Hot 100, Lord is back on the chart as her new single, Greenlight, makes a big splash on the chart at number 100. We'll talk about why that debut makes total sense in just a moment. So, Katie, 
What do we make of the big chart news this week? There is a lot of like history making chart news this week. Yeah, there's a whole lot of history happening. A whole lot of history going on. A whole lot on. of history. That's also a girls aloud song. Oh, really? Yeah. For for the for those for those girls alouders that are listening, <laughs> I'm not even sure if that's the name for the fans. I'm not sure. Sorry. Um, but yeah, there's a whole heck of a lot going. I mean, it's just you know, some weeks nothing, and then all of a sudden, boom. Um, and we were talking earlier, and uh, the Beatles actually factor into two of these fun chart history-making facts this week, right? Yeah, we mentioned one of them with the Chainsmokers, um, and then the one we didn't mention was the the future element because Future uh, replaces himself at number one, which is something the Beatles have done before. Mm-hmm. They did it in the '60s, but. They replaced themselves at number one, not by, not by debuting at number one, but by moving up the chart. So, um, you know, in addition to making history as the first act to ever debut at number one in successive weeks on the chart, which is what Future did, he's also one of the handful of acts that have replaced themselves at number one. The Beatles have done that previously. And because his self-titled album is now number two on the chart Mm -hmm. so he's number one with Hendrix and number two with the self-titled album Mm -hmm. he's one of only 10 acts that have actually been numbers one and two at the same time the Beatles are also one of those (laughs) of course they are so um yeah exciting week We've got to talk about Lord too. Yeah, we do have to talk about Lord and why number one hundred makes total sense for Greenlight. Yeah, um, you probably know the answer. That doesn't seem like much of a hit, Keith. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I do know the answer, but uh, well, the the song actually came out last Thursday. Yes, and so at two p.m. ET. Yeah, Eastern Time. Mm -hmm. So it didn't have a full day of tracking in terms of sales and streams for the Hot 100 chart. The Hot 100s tracking week for sales and streams runs from friday through thursday right and so it came out on the last day of sales and stream tracking for this chart um it did have a couple days of airplay because the airplay week runs from monday through sunday Mm. so the airplay combined with the sales and streams it had just on thursday Mm -hmm. adds up to a number 100 debut which means next week it'll go like 100 to who knows ten where or something. 10 or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, we don't have a forecast yet for that. Right. But I'm assuming they'll I have a huge I just made up jump. the number 10. Do not cite billboards. Do not quote billboards <laughs> saying number 10. So, yeah, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, obviously visit billboard.com and we've got all sorts of fun stories about all the exciting action on the charts this week. But those are three of the biggest, uh, most interesting things on the charts this week. Indeed. Yeah. Do we think that we should talk about some news now? Perhaps. Perhaps uh, some music news? Yeah, why don't we hit three of the biggest headlines in the pop world over the past week, starting with a bit of sad news about someone very close to the Billboard family. Um, over the weekend, we learned that singer-songwriter and music industry executive Tommy Page, best known for his Billboard Hot 100 number one single, I'll Be Your Everything, was found dead on Friday, March 3rd. The cause of death is unclear, but according to reports from several friends, it appears to be a suicide, and he was just 46 years old. Um, following his career as a pop star, during which he toured with New Kids on the Block and appeared on an episode of Full House, which was very memorable to me. Uh, that's definitely my generation. And uh, also released 12 albums. He then transitioned into the business side of music as an executive at Warner Brothers, Cumulus, and Pandora, and even as the publisher of Billboard magazine, hence this being a very close story for us. Um, and plenty of Tommy's friends and colleagues have been reacting to the sad news across social media. New Kids on the Block tweeted, Our hearts and thoughts go out to Tommy Page's family. You will be forever missed. Rest in peace, our friend. 
Debbie Gibson tweeted, devastated over the loss of my friend Tommy Page. My heart goes out to Tommy's friends, family, and fans. Rest in peace. And then even Josh Groban uh, got on Twitter and who, said... Who worked with him at Warner Brothers Records. Exactly. Says, a kind and wonderful man who helped me a lot early on. Helped pick my first singles. He was and is so loved. R.I.P. my friend. Um, so, Keith, you actually you know, worked at Billboard while Tommy was I publisher. Did. Um, and we even saw him just last year at the Billboard Music Awards. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I remember my first um, my first interaction with Tommy. Um, he It was also just a trip to be like, wait, Tommy Page, as in the singer Tommy Page, is now working at Billboard? Right. What? The, what? Um, I remember my first time I uh, talked to him, he came out here to L.A. And he sat, you know, he sat next to me and we were just talking. And I was like... Okay, so I have to t- I have to ask you about you know if you you know like ever got to hang out with like Madonna, <laughs> which is you know tragic. First question. <laughs> First question. Well, I mean, he was on you know Sire Records. That she Sire. was a contemporary of his. He was he was signed, I believe, by Seymour Stein, which mm. is the same um, person who signed Madonna. Seymour ran Sire Records, and um, you know he had a great great story about you know sort of. Uh, being part of that universe and, uh, you know, meeting Madonna and uh, also just talking about um, Madonna's publicist, Liz Rosenberg, who Mm. was a longtime executive at Warner Brothers Records. So he had lots of great stories and he was always like so like kind and nice and and um, very, you know, just just a lovely guy. And yeah, and as as Katie mentioned uh, last year, the last time that, you know, we saw him was uh, the day before the Billboard Music Awards, yes. Katie and I were doing interviews in a sort of a backstage scenario, and I was like, walk- we were walking in, and there's Tommy. I'm like, what the heck are you doing here? And he was there um, in his role at Cumulus at the time, and Cumulus is is a big you know radio company, yeah. Um, and so of course he it would have made sense that he was there, and so we talked for a few minutes and caught up and. Um, he was just a lovely guy, and it's so sad. And I, I don't know what to say, but uh, it's just very sad. It seems the same. Like everyone seemed to be just kind of stunned about yeah. it. Too wait, far too young to say the least. Far too young. Um, let's so, move on to a little happier news. Let's I move think. on. What, what else we got? Um, what's our second? What's our second well, story? Second story is that um, Ed Sheeran finally released his third sta- studio album, Divide, on Friday, and it's already off to a pretty spectacular start with uh, eight songs immediately ending up in the top ten of our Billboard plus Twitter trending 140 real time charts. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't as it? As soon as the album arrived, I love putting that in headlines. It's <laughs> just so brief. Um, <laughs> Keith, do we have any idea yet what the album will do on next week's Billboard 200? It will be huge. It'll be huge. Huge. <laughs> um, it'll have the uh, biggest debut of 2017. Wow. According to industry forecasters, uh, right now uh, it is estimated that the album could earn over 400,000 to possibly 450,000 equivalent album units in the week ending March 9th. Um, and of that sum, uh, 300,000 or more will be in traditional album sales um, for both in terms of total units and in terms of uh, just pure album sales that will be the biggest week for an album since Jay Cole's For Your Eyes Only uh, debuted uh, in like mid-December oh wow okay. so uh, you know big week I don't think it, I'm not sure if it'll actually beat Jay Cole but anything is possible um, but yeah, I mean, not only is the album selling well, because obviously 300,000 is a big number, but also evidently its streaming numbers are sort of off the chain. As we've seen recently, it's been breaking all sorts of Spotify records and it's it's just, it's being incredibly well received. So 
you know and it's really good great great for yeah. ed <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it's also a good album it's evidently a great album, so. So, so says katie yeah <laughs> uh next up on our list what's up next? number three headline um is the iHeartRadio music awards we were just speaking of ed sheeran and he actually continued his divide promo on sunday night by performing both shape of you and castle on the hill at the iHeartRadio music awards he also took the stage alongside songwriter and producer Benny Blanco to accept the Best Lyrics Award for Justin Bieber's Love Yourself. Hmm. Justin Bieber was not there, but the other two gentlemen were able to accept it. Well, you, know, you, had, you had some of the songwriters of the song. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And um, the other night's big winners included Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling for Song of the Year, which he was there to accept. Um, the Chainsmokers for Best New Artists, plus basically every dance music award that they had at the show. Uh-huh. Um, Fifth Harmony and their Harmonizers for Best Fan Army. And Bruno Mars received the night's Big Innovator Award and closed out the show with a mashup of Treasure and That's What I Like. Hmm. Um, among the other performers were show opener Katy Perry alongside Skip Marley for Chain to the Rhythm, Sean Mendez with Mercy, and... Noah Cyrus in her debut award show performance. You don't say. Uh, surrounded by her entire family, by the way. The There was a little table out there that was Miley, Tish, Billy Ray. Just They literally had poster boards with Noah's name on it. They Miley was wearing a t-shirt that said, I heart Noah. Like they, they were like the most embarrassing family at the dance recital. Yeah, you're <laughs> it like, was amazing. Hi, mom. Hi. Wait, did you say that her dad was there too? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Miley had each her parents on each side. Wow. Yep. It oh. was pretty adorable. Proud beaming family. And lucky for us, we have Noah. Hope maybe this is her podcast debut. It's probably not. <laughs> I, who knows? But let's just so, we'll say that. Let's just call it. It's that. her Billboard podcast it's debut. It's her Billboard podcast debut. <laughs> that we can factually say. Um, well, yeah, it, it is time now with uh, our, it is time for, <laughs> I'll try that again, with our, geez whiz, it's time for our interview with Noah Cyrus. We're just going to get through that at some point. <laughs> um, well, the singer-songwriter has been steadily gaining on our charts for the past few months with her debut chart hit, Make Me Cry, featuring Labyrinth. In fact, the tune rises uh, 23 to 22 on the pop song's airplay chart dated March 18th, this week's chart. Um, Cyrus talked to us about the making of the song, the sound of her upcoming debut album, NC-17, and how she's likely co-written basically every song on the record. She doesn't have a release date yet. Don't get too crazy. It'll be ready when it's ready, as hmm. she says. I'm paraphrasing. Um, and on top of all that, we get to find out which of her dad's songs is her most played tune on Spotify. Yes, indeed. Her most played song is one by her dad, Billy Ray Cyrus. So uh, here is our interview with Noah Cyrus. Well, hello to Noah Cyrus, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Thank Podcast. Thank you so much. Yay. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. Um, you know, you're here because your debut single, Make Me Cry, which has been out late, since late last year, moving up the Billboard Hot 100. I'm so happy it's very exciting <laughs> i know 40... your first hit on the chart i know i'm really excited yeah um and you know what has it kind of been like to introduce yourself to the world as an artist um it's been a little scary i think well especially like the first month that make me came out because it came out in november mm-hmm. and um you know that was a really scary month for me but like really exciting um but it was cool because i'm now able to show who I am as an artist with basically like my best friend by my side right now and I have Labyrinth with me like through everything right now and um, I'm just really excited and it's cool to kind of step away for a second 
and um, be something other than like to be my own person other than just somebody in a fa- in a fa- in a known family an, so an I, amazing family full of amazing musicians thank you <laughs> yeah it's just it's like it was kind of like a cool thing to like that I got to experience happened really fast though it, it all happened very fast yeah what kind of feedback have you been getting because I mean like you said people knew you before this but now they're getting to know this whole new side of you right it's really cool um the, re- the response has been great from everybody um but like it's weird because I have fans that I've had for like years and but they're they're DMing me like so happy and like because we DM'd with each other all the time and like they're still DMing me like just like in shock over this like song and I think it's really cool like um I had fans in Brazil make like a YouTube video but they're all over the place and they like sent it to each other and they made like this really cool like video and it's just like really cool how the response has been from everybody of course they're in Brazil too the Brazilian fans, fans are, the, are yes. like they are so loyal and like are diehard fans. The first time you play international dates, they will all be in Brazil. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> it's usually how it works. Okay, yeah. and I feel like it's going to be like a big thing because they're all going to sing along to it, yeah, and it's absolutely. just going to be incredible. Like I'm really excited. <laughs> um, you know, you were saying uh, how the single came out in November. And I actually remember talking to you on the red carpet at the American Music Awards, uh-huh. the very wet red carpet at the American gross. Music Awards. It was gross. So gross. I, I don't. If, did your feet make it through that carpet? Where you, you were just... don't understand my feet. This is really gross. I already have like really fat feet, and they're not cute. So they were like all like soggy and gross. If that makes sense, like they got all like wrinkly and nasty, and like like I was wearing like strappy heels and I would walk and it would just be like tsunamis of water Mm -hmm. of water like flooding over my feet it was gross that red carpet was indeed gross it's it's a challenge when the red carpet floods but uh while while we were there and I think the single had just come out I talked to you and you talked about how you got together with Labyrinth um and for those that don't know the story of how you got together with Labyrinth um, refresh our memory about how the collaboration came together and how it sort of organically grew into something bigger than you thought it was going to be. Um, so Ron Perry from my record label, we were driving to Coachella and he was like, I want you to go in with this kid labyrinth and I want you guys to like, you know, just write a little bit. And so whenever I went into the session, Lab had already had the chorus on his computer and he was just like, I have this idea for you. If you want to keep writing on it, like, let's do it. And then I can record your vocal on it and like, we'll just see how it goes. And then he was also like, or we can just totally, if you hate it, let's just like start from scratch. Like it's whatever you want to do your session. Right. Right. So we, um, we just kind of started, I was like, dude, this is incredible. Like, let's just vibe out to this for a little bit. So I wrote the verses with him and like, we, we were really vibing it out, and we played back his chorus after we sang the verses. We didn't even have it, like, recorded yet. So we were just, like, singing them out, and then the chorus came in, and I was like, will you please be on this song? Like, this song has to be a duet. I was like, are you down? And he was like, yeah, that could be jokes, darling. Like, that's, like, his go-to. Like, like that'd be cool. So, yeah, that's kind of how it how it happened, and it was just very organic, and, you know, we clicked right away, and... It kind of, we kind of felt like family from like the second I walked through the door, which was really cool. That's cool. Is it especially gratifying to have your first single be something that you helped write too? Yeah. Well, I've written almost everything yeah. on the new album. So oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. There's gonna, it'll be hard to find a song that I didn't write on <laughs> on the album. So, um, I just, it's cool that I got to write it with a friend. Yeah. For, 
my first single. What was that noise? Did you guys hear um, that? I'm assuming there's a possum in the air ducts. <laughs> For real? Yeah, no. 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 <laughs> like, please, God, no. We have a possum <laughs> infestation. I know. I, I think, I think it's Guys, there was just like, I, I, hope, I don't know if this like, went in there, but it was like, <laughs> like super weird. I don't know what's happening. It's haunted. Don't it's haunted. worry about it's it. It's fine. <laughs> It's, it's the perk of coming to Billboard. It's haunted office. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Um, uh, and you actually made your late night debut on the Tonight Show really recently, um, yeah. which was super well received. What was that experience like? Again, it was nice to have. Ow. It was nice to have my um, <laughs> best possum. friend next to me. Yeah, like, which was really cool. And like, whenever Jimmy was talking and like introducing me, he like picks up the single art and like whatever starts talking about it at age seventeen, like his whole thing. And I look at Lab and I grab his hand and I'm like feel my chest right now and it's like like literally like I thought my heart was gonna pop out of my chest and he's like are you okay like he was like you all right darling like are you like gonna be okay and I'm like oh my god like I can't remember the first line of the song and I like turn around and I look at my drummer because he was like directly behind us and I start like whispering to him like he obviously can't hear me we all have our in-ears in everything and I keep going I never needed you like I do right now. I like, but I wasn't meaning to talk to him. I was just trying to think what came before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Noah Cyrus and Labyrinth. So I turn around and I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm about to sing because I forgot the first line of the song. And then I realized I never needed you like I do right now is the first line of the song and I was all good. But I really didn't, like, I couldn't remember the song. Oh my God. Yeah. And but you couldn't tell that at all from yeah. watching. So nice, you Thank did a good you. job Thank pushing you. it off. <laughs> once once the first line came out, it was fine. Yeah. But like, but like, I literally like for some reason I, I hear this song every day, like a hundred times a day. I sing it a hundred times a day. Like every, I don't know how I didn't realize that I never needed to like I do right now was the first line. It was, like I, it's just like. <laughs> now you'll know forever. Now I'll know yeah, forever. You will never ever forget. And I actually don't think any performance will ever be as scary as like that first like right. yeah. live performance. You've broken through now. Yeah. And um, you know, do you feel like growing up in and around the industry has prepared you for all this, or are there still aspects that are like surprising you? As well, you go along. I mean, like that, like yeah. that was yeah. very, that was very like surprise. I'm I'm not used to that, so I think it's all gonna take some getting used to. Yeah. And like, um, I think it's different now. Whenever I do go on a carpet and I am talking about something that I'm very proud of, and I and I'm like wanting to about my music and stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um. I mean, suffice it to say, and we you, we sort of mentioned this at the, at the beginning of our conversation. I mean, you come from a very musical family that has had so much success and I know it's like a tiresome question to answer but you know what kind of advice um, and support have you been getting you know from your family because everyone is basically a musician in your family Mm. and they've all had such incredible success yeah are you just like okay everyone let's sit at the dinner table tell me some (laughs) sage advice here I'm not like okay you're like no dad don't tell me I say sage advice in (laughs) in my song Actually, Labs has it, but oh. that was good. I thought you did that on purpose. I didn't. That just sort of naturally <laughs> that was cool. came you out. You looked up. Oh, you're not in here. But there, no, there's other people in the room. With <laughs> there's us. other people in the room. My mom's in the room, and she looked up whenever he said sage advice, and I'm like, did she just catch that? Because yeah. we're connected. Okay, so wait, what's the? Cl- oh, the, the, yeah, advice. Okay, advice. sage advice. I, okay, so I recently did an interview actually, and somebody asked me if I took style advice from my sisters, and I said no, and they kind of turned it into something else um, that I don't like advice from my sisters, and it kind of turned into like a cat. But I'm saying I don't ask for advice really because, like, 
I don't know. One, I think if you're asking somebody like your mom or your sisters like for advice, you get a little catty with them and like you just shut everything down right away. That's just what it is like yeah. to have family. But if I like kind of get like musical advice from anybody or not really advice, he'll just like kind of inspire me for things. It'd be my dad or my big brother Brazen. Um, my big brother Brazen, he really taught me like how to listen to like real music <laughs> like instead of that stuff just like – fake type and that's what I get a lot of inspirations from from like My Morning Jacket and yeah. um, the Band of Horses and he introduced me to that style of music so that's great and I've always listened to my dad's music like ever since I was a little girl um, I would want to play my dad in the car like and my mom would be like are you for real I hear this every like like <laughs> she's like are we really listening to your father right now like are you for real and like that is like I am quoting her like I can picture it and like my best friend Frankie and I we literally listen to my dad in the car and like jam out like that's my favorite my most played thing on Spotify like they give you on no, you the get little the, like the, year the, review your, your most played mm -hmm. on 2016 yeah. and my most played song was my dad's song called Words by Heart from his like second or third album wow. and like I literally listen to his music all the time so he's been like my biggest musical inspiration wow. I would say and, you know, you mentioned the album earlier, which we know now is called NC-17. What an amazing title. Like, Thank it's you. too perfect. <laughs> um, uh, I guess we should say it's your initials and you are 17. And it's 2017, so it just works on a and lot of levels. And there's a movie rating called oh, NC-17. Oh, yes, that thing too. It right. means explicit something. Something, something not, Super not good. <laughs> and, it means um, risque. We're going to yeah. get risque. <laughs> um, so where are you with the album right now? Um, I think we're a little more than halfway. Okay. Um, but I don't really like want to put a date on oh, no, it. No, no, we're and not. I don't, and I don't want to. <laughs> we I don't learned that a long put, time like, ago. A don't put a time frame on it at all. Like yeah. I don't. I don't even really like saying like I'm. Oh, I'm halfway done. I'm more than half. Like because I feel like I'll just be done when I'm done. Exactly. Like I feel like there is no like if I had a date I would be halfway done, but I don't. So it's just kind of like when I. I think whenever I feel like. I've got, okay, this song is like, it put the whole album together. That one song will make it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just like I'm waiting for the last few, three, four, or however many songs that are going to be like, okay, this is my story. And like, I'm ready to like put it onto an album and like let people hear it. Is the, is, are, are you, do you feel comfortable in saying or giving like an indication of like what the sound is that you're going for? Is it kind of like Make Me or is it sort of like, all I mean, Make Me is very, like, that sound is, like, that's very me. Like, mm -hmm. that's just, like, that couldn't have been more me and Lab together. Like, that is just, like, if you wanted to hear a sound from Lab and a sound from me, and it's just, like, a big mix of, you know? So there's going to be songs that are very cohesive, and but different sound. They're just all very different but cohesive. Like, I don't work. really know how to explain it. Like, it's, I feel like there's not, it, the album will never be tied to one sound, and I, that's what that's what's going to make it really unique. And are you constantly writing and recording mm -hmm. just in the studio yeah. and just yeah all the time? Yeah, yeah. What's the most recent? Like when was the last like time you were in the morning? studio? Right. So <laughs> last time I was in the studio was last week with Marshmallow. Oh, oh awesome! Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So Marshmallow just did. Um, he's working on our "Make Me Cry" remix. He'll be the first remix coming out, which we're really excited yeah. for. Okay. Um, and Marshmallow and I are doing a song together which will be fun so cool. we're putting that out soon so that was my last session that we're really excited for wow. that's awesome 
Um, are you somebody who like writes and like takes notes and like writes down lyrics and stuff like in your phone all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got a new phone <laughs> and, um, I had to put, all, I didn't have all my notes and stuff like in my phone and like, well I did, but it didn't save. Oh So then whenever no. I got a new phone, I don't have anything. And I actually cried yeah. because on my old phone, I had the very like the original lyrics of Make Me that we wrote oh. together. And it was like a ton of like, honestly, like silly lyrics. Like, um, actually like in the, in the verse, we were going to say, hit me baby one more time. Yeah. And like, that was like kind of like our joke lyric. And like, I had that on there and I was going to screenshot it and post it on Instagram the other day. And I looked and I didn't have it anymore. Aww. And I started crying and I was like, this is like my favorite memory with Vlad. <laughs> like, like I was so sad. So that sucks. But I do have like a lot of voice memos on my phone and like, um, I'll just be driving in the car and hear something and I'll pull out my voice memo and just start like seeing like gibberish. Like when te- technology works for you, but also against, against you. I know. You got to back up. You cloud, yeah. Constantly backup. cloud, and then, but then someone can break into your cloud, and now it's just... <laughs> um, finally, I got to see you last night at the Billboard Showcase, which was on Facebook Live, so people can go back and watch that if they'd like. Oh, um, so it's yeah, live it's, you, and then recorded. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's living on our Facebook That's page That's the internet currently. for you. Yeah. That's the internet. It's on there forever. Haunted by it. But for a new artist, you just had, like, so much poise and confidence up Thank there. You. And especially after hearing your Tonight Show story, it's like, you look like you are meant to be on the stage. Thanks. Um, Did you see my mic stand kept, like, yeah. falling? <laughs> so you guys can see me dance with the mic stand. Exactly. Because I'm, like, I'm, like, bending down, and then, like, I made it too tall. But then, it, <laughs> but then whenever I would, like, finally get comfortable, for some reason, it would just slide <laughs> down and, like... This is, I'm sure, something you'll be wrestling with when you're on stage, like, forever. But what what do you like best about performing and getting up on stage? Um, well, right now, since I have my two songs out, yeah. I have a, an acoustic song called Almost Famous, and um, I have Make Me. Right now, like, my favorite thing to, like, do on stage is just perform with Lab, because we have such a fun time together. Yeah, yeah. And um, I love just hanging out with him, like, before we go on stage. But whenever I sing Almost Famous, like, it's a very personal song to me. So to be able to, like, perform that for people, like, I kind of almost cry every time I sing that song. So, like, I, that's my favorite part is just, like, being able to show the emotion that you have for in a song. That's yeah. great. Well, thank you so much for coming in thank today. You. Good luck with the album. Thank you so we look much. forward to talking with you once it's out about everything yes. about it. All the I songs. work here now. Yes, so right. We're right. getting no one office, by the way. Yeah, so. we, we, before we started the conversation, we're like, <laughs> we're, you know, you, you can come hang out as much as you want. We just Billboard yeah. loves Noah. Yeah, that's great. just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We're almost perfect. Yeah. We're almost like the people in the paintings. It's like we're almost, it's like we're almost famous. Thanks again, Noah, for swinging by the office. So sweet. Hopefully we cleared out those uh, possums or raccoons in the air <laughs> in vents. The air ducts. In the air ducts. <laughs> Good Lord. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? <laughs> Billboard mascot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so adorable and it's just full of rabies. Um, well, any uh, parting words, Katie? I believe we're at the uh, end of our show here. That's it? That's it. Oh, man. I mean, we, we can keep it going if you want to. Well, I mean, what are we going to go out on? What song? I mean, so many to choose there from. There are a lot to choose from. A new Ed Sheeran song. Um, oh, can oh, we? Oh, wait, what do you got? Nope. You got something? Nope, you do it. 
Well, I was really excited when I saw the track list for Ed Sheeran's Divide because it has a song on it called Galway Girl. And I just went to Galway last year and it's the most delightful Irish city. And the song perfectly captures the like kind of live music Irish feel in Galway. And it's adorable. So let's go out on Galway Girl. We'll do that and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. pretty little Galway girl.